Hello. And welcome to Pop Tarts. Beep, 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 beep. Paint illegal graffiti and fuck everyone's like permission. So party chicken is a thing. You live in the future and I trust you. Do you hear this, Rihanna? Mean mommy. The devil wears chicos. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We are both editors at Bust Magazine in Brooklyn, New York. We love talking to each other about pop culture. We love talking to you about pop culture. And our guest today is legit legend. Today's special guest is a graffiti goddess. (laughs) So listen up. Through the late 80s and early 1990s, Claudia Gold, a.k.a. Claw Money, was leaving her signature claw paw all over New York City. You can still find her iconic tags all around my neighborhood, the East Village, and I love them so much. My neighborhood has changed so very much in the last 20 years since I moved there, and like I can barely recognize it, but when I see... Claw's tag in my neighborhood. I know that I am home. Woohoo! And so it's very meaningful to me to have her here with us today. Uh, after making her mark with graffiti, she became the fashion editor at Swindle Magazine and she broke out as a fashion designer in 2002, launching her own signature clothing line that later led to Claw Money collaborations with Calvin Klein, Mark Echo, Rag and Bone, and Nike. I covet claw money nikes so hard They're i was so cruising them on ebay just the other day they're fresh to death and one day i will own them and wear them <laughs> know this and i'm Are not you listening nike one. rims needs a shoe listen up nike i need those claw kicks that's right uh i'm not the only one who covets her brand um her gear has a huge celebrity following including one name wonders like mia and kanye and rihanna and uh, Claw also designed Britney Spears' Super Bowl outfit in 2001, what? lest we forget. That was cute. Iconic. The iconic second-named woman. Yeah. Uh, she's an outlaw. She's a fashion icon. We're so happy to have you here with us. Welcome, Claw Money! Yay! Thank you for having me. I'm super excited, as I love me some Bus Magazine. Yes. yes, she's uh, homies with the the Lori Hensel. I knew Lori like in the early '90s when Bust was a photocopied zine, and I still have the sticker in one of my uh, in one of my books. But I've known Lori um, a long time. Yeah, you are an old school FOB friend of Bust. Yes, and I need to know, as a Semitic sister. Oh yes, I need to know. How did a nice Jewish girl from Queens <laughs> end up tagging the whole island of Manhattan? How did you become a spray paint outlaw? Well, you know, it's it's funny because I guess that like entitled Jewish princess in me uh-huh. <laughs> was like, oh yeah, I could do this. This is this is so me. <laughs> And I had the name already because my nickname was Claw since I was a kid. And when I sort of became like indoctrinated into like the world of graffiti, it just seemed so natural. That and how old were you and how did that happen? So I was most graffiti writers start like when they're teenagers. I think mostly like women start when they're a little bit older because I don't think they can you know, leave the house with their parents not noticing at 13. You're like, hi, I'm going to treat, you know, paint trains. Bye. And, um, you know, my parents definitely wouldn't have been going for that. I think guys got a little bit more leeway back then. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's helicoptering their, their children. Nobody's allowed out ever. <laughs> um, so uh, I started going to nightclubs and bars and afterwards someone would pull out like a can and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm Claw, give me the can. And I remember- Was this early 20s or were you a teenager? No, this was uh, like late teens, early 20s, somewhere somewhere in there in like um, hazy college days. And 
I just felt, you know, very compelled to paint my name. It just seemed like it was a natural thing to do. And I also remember getting distinctly um, strange reaction from men. They'd be like, oh, what are you doing? Like, no, 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 this isn't for you. And then I was like, oh, yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, talk, talk to me about that pushback. Like, what was it like following your graffiti dreams, specifically as a woman, confronting sexism in the community? What have been your strategies for countering it? Well, it was sort of, it, it became this real like feminist assertion, but I think before it was that, it was really this act of self. It was about me and me making my mark, not as a woman, just as Claudia or Claw. And I think later I felt compelled to continue and support younger women like as a woman later but it was it was sort of just like oh of course they're dissing me because I'm a uh, I'm a woman and they have no idea and I'm just going to do my thing uh-huh and when you were getting started were there other women around for you to look up to or were you all um, on there, your own there were a few women and there were women painting I didn't know them and unfortunately like sort of like the matriarchal leader of women graffiti writers who was lady pink who you know i i worshipped she was not a supportive person to me mm, that's um a bummer. yeah and she seemed like she was to my face but behind my back mm. it was a different story and i think that she became very uncomfortable with the idea of somebody having a loud voice and their own opinion and their own sort of style. She wanted you to sort of follow her lead in particular. And she didn't really want, um, I'm not going to speak for other women, but for me, I felt like she didn't want me to shine. And um, it was, it was a sad, sad revelation. So I felt, you know, it's my duty to like love and support women in this culture. Mm-hmm. And you have your own PMS crew. I do. Tell me more about the lady writers who you ride with. So, I mean, I have all the best women worldwide in my crew. <laughs> we also have a lot of men. The tables have really shifted and um, men really want to be down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're all about it. But, of course, we have Miss 17, which you can't walk two feet and right. not see. And you guys have gone back a long time, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember when we did the article, it was you, Miss 17. That's right. And right. I think Pink did Lady not. Lady Pink. Lady Pink. Was she in it or did she? Yeah, was no, she, she the, was in She it. was the third, right? Mm-hmm. Mean mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Utah, who's all oh, world. Yes. like um Abra. We have lots of young women that are crushing it. Lex and Beans, and um, shout out to all the all the ladies out there, whether you're PMS or not, doing your thing. Utah is old school. Utah is king. And what what went into the you know your uh, tag the the like lion's paw with three claws coming out of it? Like is it's iconic. It's legendary. It lends itself very well to accessories, totes, mm-hmm. uh, pet products. How I got does that fanny pack? <laughs> oh, that how fanny did pack you develop fun. that image and know that it was the right one to represent you in the world? So it's it's very interesting because people really give me a lot of credit that I had this like vision, and it really wasn't um, quite that well thought out. I used to write claw in bubble letters and then I had like this puffy W and I would start to put the nails on the W. And when I was really like concentrating on like painting in like 91, we were painting trucks because there were no more trains to paint and they like moved around the city. And I lived near like all these like truck yards in the Lower East Side and um so I would just like paint these trucks and some guy just came and like smashed over all my claws. <gasps> oh. 
but Them's he fighting wa- words. right but he wrote over the first three letters and left the w hanging out and i saw this truck and i knew it was mine because it had some marking on it and i was like oh my truck is about to drive by like i'm gonna look at it and i see this truck drive by and i see this guy like scrawled out like my name but the the w was hanging out and i was so mad and then i was like wait a minute (laughs) there she is and then i knew it was a simplified quicker version of my name without having to use letters and really, it was just that simple. So shout out to my haters. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> when haters make you better. It's remarkable to me. I remember being a child in the 80s and seeing all of the miraculously painted up trains and thinking that they were the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And then everyone saying that it was a Shonda and they should all get covered up. And then it was everyone sort of thought that it was so awesome when Giuliani rolled up and got rid of all the graffito in the city and everything got very bland and gray again. But now it seems like we're in this era of um, commissioned graffiti. Like now your graffiti is still all over the Lower East Side, but they're corporate commissions. Well, not all of them. Some of them, for sure. Um, There's a big problem going on in street art right now where... There's these sort of collectives that come and they'll take over a neighborhood. You can't paint there without Mm -hmm. their, It's like a neighborhood association. Right. It's literally, they're like colonizing street art. And uh, I find a lot of it is very anti-women. It's like Mm. hard to sort of infiltrate um, some of these collectives. And it's also just super annoying you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like oh this wall i let these guys no 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 like let me take this wall and i i really don't want to feel like that is all of bushwick sort of affiliate with these with these crews because um it's it's hyper political and and sort of uh, unbalanced how can women street artists assert themselves in this new real estate economy well they need to paint illegal graffiti and fuck everyone's mm-hmm. like permission come on girls <laughs> <laughs> so yes. you were you are pointing out that graffiti by and large is illegal did you ever get arrested what have your experiences oh, yeah. been oh my god i got arrested a million times with the new york is that how you were PD? able to start uh monetizing because you'd already been so attached to the name no uh, so i had been arrested uh, like at least 10 times and I've been caught at least 50 and I'm very like persuasive. I decided after sort of being pursued by a book publisher and a documentary filmmaker that I needed to hang up the cover up my coveralls because I had painted for a long time and, and a friend of mine was like, it's, your time to really let these girls know that you're out here and that you're a woman because you've sort of been in the shadows for so long, Mm -hmm. like knock it off already and just, you know, do these projects. And so when I decided to do my book, I really kind of like dialed it back and had a whole plan. And how long had you been doing illegal street art up until that point? I stopped doing illegal graffiti in 2006 and my book came out in 2007 so I let like a full year go by Mm -hmm. but you'd been doing it up until that point since the 80s Uh uh-huh with with years not doing anything Uh uh-huh you know there was like a a good four or five year period where I didn't paint at all Mm -hmm. well that makes sense because if you keep doing it then they'll be like well now we know that you just you owe us this money (laughs) Well, I st- I stopped painting and was like, ugh, I hate graffiti, gross. And then when I met young Miss Seventeen, she, with her like prodding me, like, hey, I got paint, I got paint, let's go, I got it right in my car. And I was like, oh, it's for you kids, come on, I'm supporting and loving you from afar. But then, um, you know, the internet was everywhere. They were discrediting her, and I was like, you know what? Let's see if these motherfuckers are going to say that she doesn't paint her own shit if she paints with a with a woman. Oh, what are they going to say now? What was it, like 16, right? what was it, 12 ounce? 
profit Some and shit, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These back horrible. in the day, oh. chat rooms, man. Doesn't paint her own shit. She's with these guys. They do this, this, and that. And I was like, oh yeah, that's really what you guys are thinking. So, with her um, sort of kicking me in the butt, I started painting again, and that lasted, I guess, from '99 until I stopped and. 2006 but 2006 i only did like a couple of things uh, so you're saying like right now you're not doing the illegal shit not in new york city honey <gasps> <gasps> are you doing it on on in other lands ne- i would never paint illegal graffiti in other lands <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe you <laughs> so how do you make the transition from an illicit illegal artist to a known brand throughout the land well, it was an interesting thing because I was painting a lot when I started my clothing brand. And it was sort of like this wink, wink, you know, oh, you know what this is? You know, let's buy the shirt. Um, and I was able to sort of do both. It was sort of like the graffiti was my whole like marketing campaign. I see. And now it's completely the opposite because the T-shirt is sort of the marketing for the art. Oh. It's You know what I mean? It was like the art, like the art marketed the clothes and now the clothes now market the art. Piece. Right, 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 right. So when your pieces are big on buildings now in the Lower East Side, th- is that a commissioned work where the building owner is like, here's this money, paint this for me? Um, most of the time, it's not money. Oh, what is it? Sometimes, sometimes it's it's the actual wall space is so valuable, oh. right? Because so that's like a huge so it's ad for you, right? So uh, I have like a big mural on my store. Yeah, Lower my, East Side, right? My landlord is my art patron and my you know my boy. <laughs> Or whatever. Oh, flash and, the address so people know the story. I think that I was like, this stays when I leave, right? Because I think they're like thinking about throwing me out. No, um, no. Yeah, I know. But you they, have you a know, really they, good come on, location. Doesn't Delancey need another big box retailer? You don't oh. think so? Come on. Your another location bank, is another really good. I'm on. sure. It's Taco Bell. I stand for the East Village. It is literally my spiritual home. It can suck my dick right now. It is like really just like ripping my heart out. It's frightening. I just drove by a sidewalk the other day and it's gone. It's gone. All right. Well, RIPs. Is there a conflict between you as a street artist and you as a businesswoman building a brand? Are there generalized notions about selling out that happen in your vicinity? So, I mean, I'm sure that a purist i mean would say that i'm not painting graffiti and that i'm selling out and you know but like where's the fucking money (laughs) that's all i'm trying to say um also what's a fucking bitch to do when she's fucking old and has a kid like i gotta walk on the on the mild side now it's not (laughs) do you think they'd say the same about like the dudes that run colossal and shit because of course they would. <laughs> they say it about everyone in my it's pretty much the same shit. I mean, it is the same shit. Like, I can't, you know, hide in the shadows forever. And I had to come above ground. And I feel like I owe so much to graffiti. So I think about that a lot and try to elevate the culture um, in a responsible and kind way. What are the best places to tag like outside of things that are sanctioned and people saying yes you can use my wall like I almost sort of imagine it as a video game where there's like certain points for a truck and certain points for a train car and certain points for a building or a certain part of a building I guess you want like rooftops that like trains go by for people to see Uh and people don't see you painting them I mean, graffiti is so regional, even in New York City. You know, you have Mm -hmm. your Brooklyn people, you have your downtown Brooklyn people. It's different than your, like, deep Brooklyn people. Same with the Bronx. 
Bronx Riders don't come into Manhattan or Brooklyn. Like, and what happens if they do? Is there a fight? No, not necessarily. <laughs> thing. I just think they don't care. Or like, they want their friends to see it, right? Or themselves. They're like, hey, I want to drive by this. I want to see it. I'm not uh-huh. gonna go. I'll never see that shit. I'll never go back to take a picture. Like, I'm not doing it. So, um, I don't know if there's like the best or the worst. You want like a high traffic visible spot. The problem with the street art and graffiti coexisting is that the graffiti writers don't really respect the street artists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you see a lot of that stuff coming down very quickly or, you know, getting getting tagged over. And I'm not saying it hasn't happened to me, but people give me a lot of respect because they know that this is sort of, you know, for them, by them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the best place that you ever tagged that where you're like, yeah, that was the shit. Oh my God. Every day I have like a different one. Um, well, I used to have this like vacant lot. That's like the Virgin records, um, building on 14th street. And I did this huge claw piece and it said, burn your bra. That was, I love it. Yes. That, was, that was a good, that was a good one. <laughs> that's a high traffic area. I always wondered, you know how like, um, I think it's on Avenue A. There's Lower Avenue A near Houston. There's like a huge You Go Girl that's at the top of a building. How does that get, how does something like that get done where I'm just sort of standing under imagining someone holding someone else by their ankles over the edge of the building to get the letters there? I feel like a lot of times. Yeah, that's what they do. Is that what it is? Yeah, they like do a hangover. Does, do people die? Yeah, you can. But they do a lot of the, um, what do you call it? It's the fire Like a roller thing? on a... You mean telescoping ladders? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was thinking of like the fire extinguisher filled with paint. They do those too, right? Of but that, you know. I am shocked that this is real. I feel like this is on par with when um, I, I met my luscious recording engineer and life partner, Logan Del Fuego, uh, when he was working at the sideshow at Coney Island. And... I wanted to know the trick, like how did the guy put his hand in the bear trap show after show and not hurt himself? And then I found out that the trick was he hurt himself. (laughs) There was no trick. The trick was being able to put your hand in a bear trap a dozen times a day and just handle it. Yeah. Um, And so I feel like this is a similar moment where I'm like, well, how do you do? Do you hang upside down? Yes, you hang upside down. That's shocking. It's incredible the amount of danger that is involved to do some of these spots and i can't believe some of the shit i did when i was young it almost seems like i was watching a movie and tell me the shit um well we used to do rooftops and i would be with a bunch of guys and i could climb up well i just couldn't get down i would be petrified to jump down they'd be like jump the cops are coming and I'd be like, I'm just going to stay here until they leave. I'm going to lay down on the roof. And they're like, get down here. And I'm like, I can't. And then I would have to like lower my body all the way down. So like my part, my legs would be part down. And then I could like jump, <laughs> could, they would just jump off the roof, like a, off a 20 foot roof. And um, I couldn't do that. I walked across the Manhattan Bridge on a metal like beam all the way across the bridge <gasps> and caught tags on every um metal um bracket. I'm imagining that's like balance beam but on a bridge. Is it that was what balance, that's like? Right, right. And you're like if you slip, you fall, you just fall down into the water. Oh my god. <laughs> I remember when I got to the Brooklyn side, I was like, I'm taking the fucking train back. Like I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, oh hell no. <laughs> that's so dangerous. So dangerous. Imagine that. And really the last time I ever painted graffiti, and I have to make sure that it was at least 11 years ago because that is the statute of limitations. But one of the last times I ever (laughs) painted illegal graffiti, I painted subways with Utah. And she just sort of shimmied like up the fence and like up over the train. And I remember just like heaving my body, like throwing myself like, over the train and being like oh i hope i make it i'm like, I'm like she's gonna think 
think I'm a total loser if I can't do this and like sliding down the other side of the train like in the most ungraceful way. And I was like, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, how the fuck am I going to get out of here? Uh, but, but I made did. it out. Yeah. I did. I did. And we got chased too. We were like, okay, let's oh go. Oh my God. <laughs> you mentioned you're a mom. I'm a mom. If your kid starts doing this, are you going to smack the shit out of them? What's going to happen? Um, I highly doubt it. And I also think that he's like, ew. Yeah, they're, they're it's color. super uncool because you did it. <laughs> Mom does it. It's not I brought cool. him to this wall that I did in the Bronx. And he's like, that's okay. I did something like that when I was in kindergarten. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> the shade. Like, okay, dude. <laughs> How old is he? He's eight. <gasps> eight. <laughs> I think like anything your parents do. Yeah. You know, and his dad's a writer, too. So he's just like. I saw my husband's tag and I was like, go stand over there. I want to take a picture. He goes, did daddy do that? And I was like, oh, I think a long time ago or something. Or maybe his friend did it. And he was like, ugh. Like, (laughs) what a critic. What a fucking art critic. (laughs) Everyone's a critic. Like, get out of here, kid. What's your husband's tag? Jesse. So you're Jesse's girl. I am. Where can I find a woman like that? (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch The Get Down? Uh, a little bit here and there. I'm just so wondering how their rendering of the graffiti artist experience was in your view. Well, they had Days and Lady Pink and Crash do all like the jackets yes. and the art. So it was like authentic. Are there any representations of the graffiti life that you love or hate in pop culture or do you just avoid them entirely? Well, I think that, you know, real graffiti writers know what it's like. and. You know, I had spent a long time sort of like denying for so long that it's not gang culture. And I'm like, it's totally gang culture. Mm. So it's like an interesting thing. It's not quite violence for violence or violence for drugs or... But it is the same kind of like turf war kind of... Well, there's also legit gang graffiti... You right, know, but when I mean, they mark but, a spot. Right, but it was always like, oh no, 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 that's gang graffiti. That's not like, but really, it is weirdly like the more I think about it, it does have this like fam- familial gang structure. What was the composition of your gang when you were in living that life? Who was in it, and what what was the ratio of men to women, and where well, were you doing your business? Um, besides my crew, I'm in, oh, I'm in a lot of crews. Um, but the, the three crews that I rep, one is TC5. Um, these guys were like style masters on the, on the trains. And then. And how big is that crew? It's pretty big. There's a, like, I would say. There's probably over 50 members. That's much bigger than I would imagine. So there's a lot. There were actually like a lot of women, uh, not a lot, a few, but there were a lot of women in TC5 as compared to other other crews, right? They supported women. Um, And then I'm also in this crew FC, which has a lot of the same members of TC5, what do those stand for, FC and TC5? So TC5 is the crazy five. Obviously, it's the crazy 50 or uh-huh. 57 or whatever or 83. I'm not <laughs> sure of the exact number. But at some point, it was a, a crazy five. It was the crazy five. And uh, FC stands for first class, fame city. There's lots of lots of names. So FC and TC5 have a lot of the same members I always used to say sort of like FC is the varsity team or ah. like a, a TC5. But I think that's not really correct because TC5 are so legendary. Uh-huh. But they do it, they do have the same membership. And in FC, um, I am the only woman. Those guys are really like my brothers. And if there were problems, which there often were, I would often turn to them for advice and, you know, support. And as much as I want to say 
you know, I fucking did this myself and fuck all these motherfuckers. And I do say that often. (laughs) (laughs) I also have been really hoisted up on the shoulders of men. So shout out to to my uh, to my my male allies out there. Love you. And then you said there's a third a third crew that you read. PMS. PMS. PMS, okay? And those when <laughs> and those is that you said that that's not no boys allowed that there are dudes. There are dudes and so they're mostly younger so when they have a problem they call me. Uh-huh. Right. So you're the mama to bear right, that crew. Right, right. So if there's problems um you know mama mama going to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about dressing Kanye, about dressing MIA, about dressing Rihanna. How does that happen? Does a stylist show up on your doorstep? Yeah. Some, <laughs> yeah, so the stylist comes, and then they want one, and they want three, and then they come over to the studio, and they want to smoke weed, and... Get some clothes and um, so you're not putting the clothing on the bodies. I am not putting the clothing on the bodies, but Rihanna, come over. I will do that for you. It's no problem. Oh I got, God. I got you, girl. I feel like you guys do would get you along. hear this, uh, Rihanna? Duh, duh. When they made redid Ocean's Eight, right with the yes. all female cast, mm-hmm. the art director was a very sensitive and very um interesting person that he sought out a female graffiti writer i love it and i did her whole sort of uh visual identity for nine ball she was like a hacker street artist oh I so you this, like, that's whole amazing thing. You styled that whole uh, her, character her not her clothing but her like her identity so my tags are all over and then they used for the photo for ocean's eight it has like a claw on it they're yes. like looking into like this computer and there's like a claw sticker and all these people are like oh my god you have to sue them i'm like no no no, they paid me oh man i gotta rewatch <laughs> it just to catch that yeah i only watched that movie for rihanna because i, I mean, thought duh. i'd never seen an oceans movie number one i thought it was about being on a boat <laughs> and you kept waiting for the boat <laughs> like i think we've talked about this before i was so confused i thought it was a bunch of dudes on yachts doing hijacks or they were like a breaking on to yachts. I thought it involved an ocean. Wouldn't you think? If I want to cover everything in my life with your tag, with claw money stuff, like do I go to your store? Do I go online? And what is what is it that I can get with the claw on it? Oh, honey, what can't you get? That's with what I'm trying to get. Okay, at. we have like a million zillion stickers. We have a million zillion patches. We have a million zillion T-shirts. We print on vintage T-shirts, so. Each one is yes. a one of a kind. Work. Vintage upcycling. Right. So I do want. a lot of vintage upcycling and, and um, I festoon my claw onto lots of um, like crazy army jackets and denim stuff. So I'm really like into, into vintage. Um, we do like massive amounts of t-shirts i'm doing these custom metro cards <gasps> oh. custom metro and cards they're under a hundred dollars i'm like art under a hundred because people want stuff uh inexpensively and comes in a frame and you can get custom name put in there if you you know so wanted to <gasps> will you autograph my metro card totally oh, and shit. but the store is better because we can't get everything up on the site right so so come to the Lower East right. Side. If your location is prime. Right. Perfect. What's the address? Perfect for a bank. Uh, 101 Delancey. <laughs> it is perfect for a bank. Claw money. Are you a feminist? Yes. I am a feminist. Tell me, how has your feminism evolved during your career as a preeminent graffiti artist? How has it affected or impacted your feminism? Interestingly enough, enough, my feminism is now turning into like humanism and I'm even embracing the boys because I feel like they get a bad, they get a bad rap and they need strong women to sort of lead them into the future. Men need feminism to Men them, need feminism. To give them license to cry and feel and and do all the things that toxic masculinity says they're not allowed to do. I feel like it's going to come fluidism. I'm there. I'm confused a little bit about like the fluid stuff myself because I feel 
like, you know, you're saying like, I don't want to be put in a box, but now you're like hyper categorizing everything. Do you know what I mean? I do. And so it's like, do I have to be this way? Like, I don't know. It's just taking a step further away from like when my, uh, my dad is gets irate with me sometimes. And he was trying to pick a fight with me about something. And we were talking about trans uh, athletes. And he has high blood pressure. And I was like, I'm not getting into this with you right now. And he was like, okay, because I'll win. Which is such a dick move, right? And I was like, in my mind, I was like, okay, because we all know the answer is that you just stop having gendered sports. And that the skilled players are the skilled players. And that in that case, there would only be one soccer team and it'd be mostly women in the united states and they would never do that because the guys would be so pissed because they wouldn't make the fucking team because they suck but i was like dude it it shouldn't be about your gender it's about your your skills right which i think you know when you think about fluidity it should be about it's not about who what somebody identifies you at as much as like what your person is right See, if we valued women's contributions in society more, I wouldn't feel like that. Right. I read books to my my son, right? And they're like, he had a jewelry making kit in his locker. (laughs) And it was like, clearly that's for girls. And I'm like, don't you like to make jewelry? He's like, yeah. I'm like, why is this even in this book? It's like so stupid. It's just. A way to sort of knock what women down. What is the down. book so we can not read it? It's um, I believe it is um, by Dav Pilkey. He has like a whole series. It's like Dog Man and um, Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants. Oh, Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants. We're going to take the briefest of breaks, and when I come back, we're going to ask Claw Money. She's going to ask Callie. Maybe Callie will even ask me. There's a 50-50 chance. What you watching? Before we get back to the show, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, Wolfie Vibes Publicity. If you're working on a new project and find yourself in need of a kick-ass publicist who communicates well and works tirelessly to get you the coverage you're after, consider going to Wolfie Vibes Publicity. Wolfie Vibes Publicity is a female-owned and operated boutique PR firm that will get you where you need to be. And you'll even have fun in the process. Get in touch via WolfieVibesPublicity.com for details and quotes. And tell them that Pop-Tart sent you. Uh, essentially, I started it because every female comedian I know was amazing and hardworking and hilarious and I knew would make great podcasts. And every male comedian I know already had a podcast and was doing their own thing. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kate Moldenhauer, the founder of More Banana Podcasts, a comedy podcast network entirely produced, hosted and led by women. We have shows about politics. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. When the Supreme Court puts stuff on their calendar, they use the word docket. So their Google Calendar is a docket. Is a docket. So technically, I have a docket. You have a docket. We all have dockets. We all have a docket. Sex. Welcome to my vagina. I'm Jesse Karen. This is Rebecca Frank. What were ancient Greek dildos made of, Jesse? They were made of padded leather and, yep, anointed with olive oil. Yep. (laughs) Scams. I'm Caitlin I'm Smith. <laughs> and, and we, we love, love scams. scams. She tells them she's a German-Russian heiress, and she seems like she has a lot of money, and people buy it. That's yeah. basically what's happening. So as soon as she got a loan, she would cash it as much as she could out before anybody caught on. Which amazing. Was so smart. I mean, so like smart. To, I mean, it's terrible, but like to take that money out immediately. Because women are actually pretty versatile and funny. More Banana is a network of women's voices, unfiltered and uninterrupted. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts and learn about our growing roster of shows at morebanana.com. We're back. So here we are, part two of the show, What You're Watching. And when I say what you're watching, it's a very broad question. It means... TV, movies, music, music videos, podcasts, books, audiobooks, the tags on the side of your favorite building. 
Uh, if you are consuming something pop culturally, claw money, we want to know what it is. What you watching? What am I watching? I am. Uh, okay, so I was watching the act. Mm, the What's act. I heard of it, but I don't know what it With is. With Gypsy Rose. Gypsy Rose. Oh, what is that on? It's Hulu. Hulu. And I need to get yeah, it. Oh, I don't have Hulu. Patricia Arquette playing the mom. Coming up in Buzz Magazine. Mm-hmm. And it was based on a real case. This is the uh, Munchausen. Munchausen. Yes. 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 I was riveted. It was riveting, but I had read this review before I watched it. And they were saying that it was just this unnecessary sort of car wreck and they were just like leading you on and leading you on and I kind of felt like that like okay I get it you don't like it was sort of slow in that respect right the abuse it was sort of the same kind of thing time after time you like I get that maybe I'm just so used to like the quick edit like Mm -hmm. version where I'm like okay I get it they really stretched it out they stretched it out Mm -hmm. um because the real shocker is, um, you know, that what you think this family is really isn't what they are. And once you find that out, then there's just a whole lot of that. Right. But I wanted to know more what was Gypsy Rose thinking when she was like rebelling and when she was sort of walking around in front of her mom and her mom was like, close the curtains mm-hmm. like somebody's gonna see you walking i haven't seen so wait I, have you seen the 2020 I of, saw, of the real people i saw I the 2020 and i didn't realize those facebook i mean those pictures <gasps> that the mom knew that she knew before that she could walk yeah and the mom was still like zip it yeah yeah like what a it. fucking cunt oh c-bombs being dropped that's fucking rude. I thought that the mom thought that she totally had a mask over the child's eyes until the moment that no that the that, that she figured it out. I didn't know it carried but on. But it past. was it was sort of you know there was a lot of gray area like that the girl didn't know what she was actually allergic to and what she wasn't. She, she didn't, didn't know how old she was. She had no idea how old she was. She Jesus didn't know, Christ. like, if she needed a feeding tube, if she didn't need a feeding tube. Like, she didn't know. So did she just think it was a miracle because she could walk and was believing No, she knew else? that she could always walk. And she knew she could eat because oh she would get up and, like, just eat crazy shit when her mom went to sleep. And her mom had all these, like, medical conditions, so her mom was going to sleep early, and she had this, like, second life. Yeah this internet life and this um sort of uh, hulu man you gotta see it so i was into it but i was just like i wanted to get more into like the psyches you know what i mean and i also kind of wanted to know like what was the mother thinking was this like financially motivated was it attention motivated was it both was it like well that syndrome's supposed to be like that you're you uh, get all this attention right like for having like and a also sick- because you want to like take care of someone to take care because nobody took care of you you're projecting your uh that you nobody cared when something happened to you so then you put it on somebody else and you're like and how i'm going to this is what moms do and you want everyone to see you being the best mom in the world yes my child is sick and i'm going to be everything and so in order if your mom if your kid's not sick then i'll pretend she's sick so that i can be everything but you're getting grants and you're getting all this attention. You're talking to all these doctors and you're trying to figure out the prognosis and you're like involved in something. Is that all you're watching? Is that is that what you got? Do you podcast? Oh, I do. I have a podcast. And it's about um, how subcultures intersect and become mass culture. Yes. Mm. It's called Gold Mines. I love this. I'm also really into this woman podcast called Hollywood Crime Scene. You guys have it. it's so fucking good. And these two chicks, they're so fucking funny. And they talk about all these like crazy like Hollywood, like lesser known Hollywood crimes and well-known ones. And they kind of like go into the minutiae of it. And they're like funny and and it's really good. 
cool. Is it like golden age of Hollywood or like these days Hollywood? I think they do everything. Oh, good. Any Anything like sort of relegated to like the entertainment business. Ah, yeah. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I have a true crime calendar on my desk. The other day was a crime um, based off of The Exorcist. And the guy, one of the guys that worked on The Exorcist, the, the director asked him to come on. And then the dude ended up killing a reporter in his house later and then he may or may not have admitted to being a serial killer for leather uh leather daddy type dudes in new york in the fucking early 90s whoa yeah this is what i get from my calendar callie what else are you watching i saw bikini kill yes it was amazing the sound was terrible brooklyn still sucks at sound Nobody should book their band they there have ever Logan again. Fuego doing but their Bikini sound. Kill gave all the energy. No one was dancing because old people apparently suck now. Um, if by old people you mean us, because that's who no, was at that show. No, me and Lori and I my mean, friends let's were dan- dancing. Let's dance it up. But it's supposed to be girls to the front, and I'm used to like uh, when I was in high school. That's when Bikini Kill was living. And the mosh was so hard. There was like. Do you remember when Courtney Love beat up a Kathleen Hanna? That rumor is so debatable and I love it. So People witnessed it. Yes. People, but she, she like, will. Her. She will stand up tonight. And then, she said she was did drugs when she was pregnant and she did do drugs. And when she was what's pregnant. his name? Um, yeah. uh, Perry from. Jane's addiction. Yes, he was like, no, it didn't go down like that. Nobody hit anybody. But yeah, you probably, can't believe him. He's, he's, probably, not, a, he's not a reliable he was like, source. Right? That wall didn't slap that wall. I didn't <laughs> see it. Then I saw Empire the Stu- uh, Empire of the Sun. You guys know who they are? It's no, this Australian band. They had a really great album in 2007. It was the anniversary of that album, and the head pieces. Ooh, glorious. The headpieces were amazing. The set design was amazing. If you've never heard of them, I think I made a note of my favorite uh, video, Walking on a Dream. Standing on the Shore is this video that came out uh, in 2007 with these like porpoises that start dancing. They're worth checking out. They're a very like psychedelic <laughs> band. And the album, their live show like served exactly what i wanted you live in the future and i trust Head, you. Uh, well this is the past this album is from 2007 it was their anniversary Sounds of that very album futuristic with dancing porpoises oh yeah. my god it was so good i saw reverend billy in the stop shopping choir mm-hmm. via accident because me and camilla were walking around i'm in a like a semi-food jail for a gut cleanse so it's really hard for me to find brunch because i can't eat fried i can't eat raw i can't eat uh, so like no raw vegetables. Um, Why? But they think there's a bacteria that I have to ah, get shit out. Okay, okay. So I had two weeks of like trying to eat things that are easy to digest. So I couldn't eat any hard to digest food. So finding a brunch spot is highly difficult. You're like, can I have mashed potatoes without butter, please? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I can eat butter and mashed potatoes. Anyway, I ran across my friend. Camilla's friend is in this band. Uh, it is a choir to a zero waste choir. And it's Reverend Billy. You know him. I do. Uh, from the, uh, like, he's been in the lower for forever. Forever and ever. He looked like he was from The Price is White. He had, like, The, the Price is White. There were, like, five pregnant women. But Reverend Billy in the Stop Shopping Choir was amazing. Where did you see them? They were playing a free show, uh, show at Star Bar. Apparently, they play there every Sunday if they don't have a gig. Also, they call their gigs af- uh, activisms, and they go to different places where there's like uh, rampant consumerism or like they a activate. factory with runoffs, and oh, they like oh. sing outside uh, songs about fuck you shit. They were beautiful. There was a, a fucking one dude did this fucking solo drop that was gorgeous. So if you ever get a chance to see them, they fucking sing. Um. Also, I was at a fucking, you know, Wish and Doll, where we kept questioning about the chicken at a party. 
all the time her friend is making this roasted chicken at a fucking party at like party o'clock right so you're like why who makes party chicken i was at a fucking memorial in philly and it was around 1 a.m and somebody pulled out two fucking party chickens and they don't know who put them in the fridge so party chicken is a thing it is now well, especially at memorials, you need to eat a chicken. At, but at 1 a.m.? 4 a.m., right. At 1 a.m., you put it in the oven, and at 4 a.m., you camping. ate it. Party chicken was a thing. Um, Chernobyl. I will tell you about this. I watched Chernobyl, or thought I did. Netflix? Yes. And I was like, what the fucking... Why does everybody like this show so much? I don't get it. I said to my husband, Camillo, I was like, really? Everybody loves this? I watched it. Number one, that's the shortest fucking uh, show I've ever seen. And they didn't pay any attention to the people and like the effects of the fucking radiation. And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was a gruesome. It was six episodes and it was gnarly. And I was like, maybe I didn't watch the right thing. Turns out I just watched the last episode. You're like, this is whack. <laughs> they really glossed over a whole lot. And the last episode is like the court episode. So that's flashbacks. We have to start here and go through this. So it made sense. And I have these two girls staying at my house from Chile. And I was finishing up watching it the other day. She was like, oh, you're watching Chernobyl. And I was like, yeah, I fucked up last time. And she was like, wait, did you watch it from the last episode? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, me too so i think something's wrong with the app mm. with the hbo app yo but the movie is re or the show the show was really good great i haven't gotten to it yet but i did hear her head like a whole cover today uh compliments of debbie stoller our boss played it for us oh black mirror season was Okay. It's only like three apps, right? The Miley Cyrus one Hmm. was really the only one that was really good. I watched the first app and I liked it. They're all right. I haven't watched that show. I would give all right. But the Miley Cyrus was the the best of the seas. Okay. I'll give it a spin. Oh, and Meryl Streep on Big Little Liars. I only saw the first one. Oh, I love that show. It's on now. Meryl Streep is on the new season. It's going to be good. All she does is talk shit. She's like, you're short. You reminded me of someone I hate. The devil wears Chico's. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to make that a bumper sticker. <laughs> uh, what have you been watching? I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. People who know me know that I'm obsessed with something, and that something is cats. I saw a great cat documentary that uh, is a, a movie called The Cat Rescuers. I'll let you guess what it's about. Trees? It's about cat rescuers. And it uh, opens at IFC Center July 5th. And um, it follows volunteer cat rescuers in Brooklyn, specifically in Brooklyn. I did not know this until I watched the uh, documentary, but there are as many feral cats in the tr- in uh, the boroughs of New York as there are people. I believe it. Have you ever seen about, the guy that leaves the fucking cat food down the block outside I have, the train? They I have. propagate their species so quickly. They it's even like insane. focused on Sunset Park where we're sitting. This development where we're sitting used to be like an enormous feral cat colony. And uh, now that we're here, they're being pushed out into the margins. And people are the people that they uh, profiled in this film. Their names are Sassy, Claire, Stu and Tara. They're out here, like right behind where we are, trapping ferals, neutering them, returning them to their colonies, scooping Thank up you. the kittens and finding homes for the kittens. I love this. Blessed. There's so many cute cats, so many cute kittens, so many people doing the work. Obviously, there's like some poignancy. And, uh, you know, not every cat gets rescued. Not every cat lives to maturity. But they really like go the extra mile and I felt all kinds of feelings because my cats Velma and Irv were scooped up by just such a hero but in Queens not Brooklyn they were scooped up out of a backyard in Jamaica Queens and now they're living their best life in my apartment all because of folks like the cat rescuers 
Adopt, don't shop. Yeah. Yep. 100. So if you're a crazy cat lady like me and you're like totally into these uh, heroes who are doing the work in these streets, go see the Cat Rescuers. It's so good. There's so many cute cats. Do you watch My Cat from Hell? I have watched it. Oh my God, what is that? I'm obsessed with that show. <laughs> is the cat just like... So, um, you know, these cats have like behavior problems, but of course they're like exacerbated. Is that the one with Jackson Galaxy? Yes, Jackson mm-hmm. Galaxy. It's usually like a couple and one person like loves the cat and the other their partner is like, I hate this cat, he has to go. Did you see the fucking... Uh, this was going viral. A woman was trying to hide, see if she could fit in a suitcase. And like, uh, like her, you know, she was like, I'm going to see if I can fit in the suitcase. She balls up in the suitcase, trying to zip it. And the cat sees this going on and bugs the fuck out. And so then she opens the, zip, the suitcase and she's like, I couldn't fit. And for whatever the cat, reason, the cat just leaps on her and shred, starts shredding her. <laughs> Just attacks her. And then she's like calling her boyfriend and she's like, oh my God, you have to come here. And she's like hiding, grabbing pieces of whatever she can to fend off the cat. And the cat is just like leaping at her. That like, was the most fun game that amazing. cat ever played. <laughs> so yeah, the cat rescuers, go see it. Also, Logan, my luscious research assistant, found on YouTube episodes of this MTV show, How Far Is Tattoo Far? Have you guys seen it? I've seen the You've commercials You've told me about it. this. This is it insane. It is fucked up. It is fucked up because they dare their friends to get like this like horrible tattoo. And then like the ki- <sighs> like the girl was crying. Like, oh how could God. you have done this to me? My how could you do that to your like. The premise are of the show. A lot of tattoos or are they pretty much like bald skin? Like uh, no There's, tats. It totally depends on the episode. It's both. you've already got face tattoos. Like, These people whatever. are not face tattoo people. No. No, but the premise is messed up. And I, I'm assuming that these people just want to be on MTV. They do. Oh, my God. But the whole premise of the show is you and someone else like that is in your life, your romantic partner, your friend, your sibling, your coworker. You guys decide to give each other revenge tattoos. So already, you know, you're going to get something that you don't like. That's the premise of the show. And so you like Callie and I, we could go on as a duo and I would imagine something that you would hate. And then I work on that design with a professional tattoo artist and you sight unseen submit yourself to whatever I decide. Imagine Not- you had a big tattoo that said like, I like I live for dick. These are just the ones that stood out the most in my mind but there's so many and it's hosted by Snooki from from Jersey Does Shore. Does she even have a tattoo? I don't uh, know. I'm gonna guess she I'm has like a heart. Got, she has an ankle. Heart ankle right? or right, like right. a rosary. Totally. <laughs> so she you take the the covering off of your tattoo and then Snooki just looks at you and covers her little mouth with her perfectly manicured hands and goes oh my god that is ugly and then you're like oh no okay so the craziest one i think this is probably the worst one because of the placement it was like right in the upper chest area. wait i got what i would give you bill cosby don't give me bill cosby <gasps> you're gonna put a rapist on me mm, girl that's revenge you'd win the show though what would you give me i need to know phyllis schlafly who the fuck is that that's an extra reason for me to give it to you. So people be like, who is Phyllis Schlafly? And you'll be like, I don't know, but she's on my body forever. And then when you find out, you're not going to be happy. <laughs> I got a goods. Okay. So this woman and her coworker at Hooters at some point in uh, after hours have engaged in threesomes with clients. And so this. You mean, cl- you mean restaurant people? Yeah. By clients, she I know. I mean, like I'm like people getting food. You're like, can I get or just like peeps or whatever? Right, they have so, good wings at Hooters. I've heard that. Yeah. So the one dis- gave her coworker, who is also a mom of like multiple children, a huge tattoo on her upper chestal Wait, so area. Size is huge. That's fucking huge. Crazy. Like you decide like where like on the body. Like my Cosby wouldn't be very, I mean. So this is definitely like 10 off. You're going to see it. Phil Spector. 
Do with not give me Phil Spector. I mean, I would expect anybody that asked me of this to just ask me to put a Phil Spector here so my pube hair was Your his pube hair. Your pube could be his hair. Because we are <laughs> twins. I've said it a million times. I have pube Spector Bush, and it's a lot more ethical down there. Tiny, tiny sunglasses. The <laughs> oh spec, dude. People have been. Uh, you can call your vagina the wall of sound. Yo, more, more than one person has said you have pube specter pubes. Oh, nice, nice. So this girl gave her friend the two naked ladies and a guy who is also naked on his knees in front of them with a leash, and one of them is spitting ejaculate into the mouth of the guy on his knees huge on her chest who are these tattoo artists they need to get their licenses revoked and the woman was like i have kids i have like well, she do you think she agreed. could sue no she, she then buy a con as like an art they signed ride, right. every release in the book why before this sign? happened why would, like why would you would. go on that show these other two girls like they were in their early 20s like the earliest of twants and this girl gave her friend huge tramp stamp, like two to three inches high letters across her lower back that says, I like it in the dot, dot, dot. I saw That's that. Fine. She I has deal that with that. That's fine. I can deal with that forever. I can deal with that. She has that forever. Like these two girls, they used to date and then they broke up and one of them ghosted the other and she wanted to know why she was ghosted. So... The one, the ghoster gave the ghostie a trash can on her inner thigh with a ghost holding its nose to let her know that her Vahanya smelled. Forever stinky oh. trash can with a ghost holding its nose on I her like inner that, thigh. I like that because you could play it off. Yeah. You like that? Oh, then I'm going to give the you that. The last two I think I could fix. The last two I think I could make into something. This is what they think about the women's Ghostbuster movie, and it's insulting. <laughs> You're just going to talk it off. The, one of the more elaborate ones was uh, this. These two cousins live together. They share a car, a female cousin and a male cousin. The female cousin owns the car. The male cousin borrowed it and somehow knocked the, handle, the door handle off. And so she put on her cousin, I think it was like his whole upper arm. It was big. Um, herself... In the car with the broken <laughs> handle, giving the finger. That is a good tattoo. Oh my God. It's who are the artists? Yeah, the, they the artists. On MTV, I guess. Anything for a check. It's, that is what's wrong with our society. Mm -hmm. I mean, I enjoy a good shitty tattoo. Well, then you'll enjoy the show. You can check it out on YouTube anytime it's there. You don't have to have MTV. Um, I want to say that Handmaid's Tale season three is back. I'm living for it. Oh, I love that show. Really? If you're a I feminist, it is your homework to watch it. Oh, watch I'm it. I'm failing, dude. You're, you're getting an F. I made it through halfway of season two. This nut is going to kill me. But I couldn't go further. It's too much. Reality. It's really good. It's all about the, the resistance. And we need inspiring things for the resistance right now. Oh, let's shout out to the Nike party. Oh, yeah. We went to... Um, we watched the Women's World Cup U.S. versus Chile on the roof deck at USA. Nike headquarters. Eighth Avenue? Uh, Sixth Avenue. The U.S. team needs to get that cash. I know. They are the best soccer team in the world, and they don't get paid for it the way because they should. Because they're women. Exactly. They're women. So everybody watch women's soccer so that they can get paid. Can we talk about how infuriating it was that they fucking... Played to win I, Thailand. Thailand. Yeah, they people were shading the U.S. team for too celebrating exciting. too much for winning. They don't do that to men. Just step the fuck off. We're here to oh, win. They're gloating. They're yeah, just, yeah, uh, right. No, they weren't even gloating. They, they were, were like, just enjoying themselves. They won. They broke the record of the most goals in a game. But if you're not going to pay them regular wage, then they have to break wet, uh, records so they can give fucking sponsorships. Hello. But also, nobody should even play nice because it's a fucking game and you play hard. Preach. I'm here to fucking win. We're here to That's win right. and we're here to break, break fucking world records. That we Women's World Cup party was slamming. There was delicious drinks and food. 
I'm sure a lot of people are jealous that we got to party at Nike headquarters. But guess what? And all if, my Chileans came. All your Chileans came. If you want to party with Bust in the future, your next opportunity is right around the corner. It Bust is. is having a zero waste event. Saturday, July 13th. We're all going to be there. You know you want to be there with us. It's from 2 to 10. And it's uh, an interactive community event with a focus on reducing our personal waste and creating a regenerative future together through fashion, food, and art. It's with homegirl Corinne from Pussy Powerhouse. She's the shit. Mm-hmm. She does a bunch of events around where she does like um, everybody on their period dresses in red. It's going to have workshops. It's going to have DIY projects. I mean, I'm just speaking of Corinne's fucking shit. She's amazing. She is. She's amazing. She's going to be there. There's going to be vendors, clothing swap, sober dance party called Zero Wasted. Oh, bring your bring your own bag. Bring your own cup. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be at the Super Chief Gallery, which is at 1628 Jefferson Avenue in Ridgewood. If you want all the details, you can find them at zerowaste.bust.com. We're going to be there. I hope you're there, too. And that is what I am watching. Thank you so much to our guest, Claw Money. Thank you for having me, ladies. You're the greatest. Legendary, legendary, legendary. Thanks so much to our new producers, Kate Moldenauer and Jesse Karen at More Banana Productions, making us sound so good. Also, new our, legends. Our luscious audio engineer, Logan Del Fuego. Male legend. Del Fuego, baby. Muy caliente. Fuegs. Fuegs. And to our girl gang at Bust Magazine. You can find me on Twitter at Emily Rems. Are you on the socials? I am at Claw Money. You can't find Callie on the socials, no, so don't no, even no, try. No, She's no. on blessings, there. Blessings, child. Secretly. You can email us, though. I'm Emily Rems at Bust.com. Callie what? Or Callie W at Bust.com. And you can learn more about this show at bus.com slash pop tarts. And finally, please rate and review this podcast on Apple podcasts. If you have to give your friend a revenge tattoo that tells people to rate and review our podcast, it really helps us get the word out. And we super duper appreciate it until next time. Mm -hmm.